the PCAM podcast, recorded at Wave Studios, a sound design and mixing facility with a worldwide reputation for audio excellence. Hi there, welcome to another PCAM podcast. Uh, my name is Blair Mowat. I'm a freelance composer. I write for a variety of mediums and I have the rest of the committee here with me today. For the first time, we have Simon um, on the podcast. So Simon, if you can give us an introduction to yourself. Hi, uh, my name is Simon Elms. I am a composer and director of a company called Eclectic Music and we're based in London in Soho. Fantastic. And Sally? My name is Sally Johnson. I'm a composer too, and also an owner of a music company called The Noise Deli. Uh, We make music for films and adverts and generally have a jolly time. Uh, Hello, I'm Chris Smith. I'm a composer and producer, and I run a production company called The Barbershop Music Company, and I'm one of the older timers in the PCAM firmament. (laughs) <laughs> My name's Augusta Quiney and I am um, founder, director of a music production company called A-Bomb. I'm the current chair of PCAM and I'm very pleased to be joined here today with the other PCAM committee members who are introducing themselves. Hi, I'm Tony Satchel. I run a company called Candle Music. I was one of the founders of PCAM in the beginning and I run the PCAM helpline, which is a very valuable and useful item to use, which you can find on the PCAM website. I, I should say so. Um, so we're talking about chasing payments today. Um, now, Tony, um, we were talking about this at lunch, weren't we? And we were talking about purchase orders and various other things to make sure that when you do chase your payments, you've left the right paper trail to make sure that that's going to go through properly. Do you want to start us yes, off? Yes, like we were saying in the podcast about the demos, it's very important to, to have a paper trail when you do stuff for agencies because it stops arguments later on, it stops people denying what they've asked you to do or haven't to do. So it's very important to get an email from who's ever commissioning you to do the job, A, giving you the go-ahead to do the job, B, telling you the money you're going to get for it and laying out any of the important details of it. Um, Most agencies now work with a purchase order and they won't pay invoices without the purchase order actually attached to the invoice, whether it be on a PDF or or whatever, doesn't really matter. So it's important to get a purchase order before you start. It's important to get all the details down. Um, Many a time does the helpline get rung up with people saying, you know, somebody's not paying me any money and I say, well, have you got the PCAM contract? And they go, no, we didn't sign the contract. Have you got any emails? And they go, no, I haven't got any emails. We were done on the phone. Well, you're always going to have trouble with that. And the other thing to be aware of, too, with um, bigger agencies is they have accounts departments, which are often separate from the from the creative departments so that quite often um, invoices need to be sent not to the producer who commissioned you but to the accounts department and if in doubt just send two copies then one to the producer and one to the accounts department Um, and often the accounts department has a different address too because uh, some of the bigger agencies have centralized accounts and all all come from one address so it's important to know where you're sending it to send it quickly when you've done the job to do a follow-up statement, although you shouldn't need to, the fact is that it's worth doing a week afterwards, um, and then to keep chasing it and never be frightened of chasing invoices. Mostly, again, you're talking to the accounts department, so it'll have no effect on your your reputation or your um, you know vibe, but vibe at the at the agency with the creatives. So you have to be on the ball and keep doing it, and, and if you don't, you won't get paid. 
I think that's that's very wise advice. Now, Simon, you're um, in your first podcast here. Have you got any experiences? I'm sure you do of not being paid on time. Uh, many, many different experiences, actually. Um, but to be honest, I don't spend a lot of time chasing them. I think Tony's advice is is, is good. You're going to take that on board. Yeah. Go I'll, home I'll, and <laughs> go home and send um, go home and send some emails. Yes, indeed. Yeah. 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 Um, the other thing I would also add, worth um, including on your invoices, although it's sort of nominal, is um, your payment terms, which no doubt an agency will ignore entirely. But nevertheless, I think it's good advice to put 28 days or 30, is it 28, 28 days? days yeah. yeah, which is that that's the standard allowance, isn't it, for paying uh, invoice? In yes. I mean, I, it's to those coming in fresh um, to the industry you do need to appreciate that you are not going to get paid right away it's very very rare once in a while we have a client who'll just sort of suddenly pay us sort of mm. 10 days after invoice which is um, extremely exciting but well, very rare yeah I did some work for Tony the other day and he um, he paid me very promptly oh, I think Tony, he paid, that's paid me within, within two weeks so My um, goodness. Big, big up to candle well, over that, there that's <laughs> we're PCAM members I'm very <laughs> impressed something else to be, to be said is that, is that if you're working for if you're working for people that you know you know you've worked with before and you kind of know how it works then that's fine but if you're working perhaps for an overseas agency that you haven't worked for before you might consider taking some getting some money up front for example um, if you're having to expend a lot of money on production costs so for example if you're recording an orchestra it's perfectly legitimate to ask for some if not all of that money it, up it's, front. it's also yeah. worth pointing out that it is standard in the film world to get 50% up front it's music and never has done uh, really before but in in any uh, commercial production company they will get 50% up front yeah. before the shoot so if you do ask it as a, as a music company it's not it's not unheard of and, and they shouldn't bullgut it I've rarely ever got any money up front not for about 15 years I mean I, I, I mean I think you're absolutely right on orchestral stuff if you, if you if you're unsure about the person you're working for then it's definitely wise yes it's mainly I feel that is mainly important for overseas agencies when you get Sometimes you get an, a, 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 an unknown agency in Italy or something. I think it's quite wise at that stage, um, and especially if you get commissioned from the Middle East, which there is quite a lot going around, that is definitely worth getting money up front before you commit your own money on it. I would also say that um, sometimes if you work with a big established agency and they haven't paid you within... I mean, it's not unusual for them to pay on 60 days, sometimes 90 days, however depressing that is. It's, it's certainly within the realms of reality but if it goes on longer than that you sometimes find you know they've just lost your invoice and so it's really important to keep chasing and also these days increasingly in their tv departments they've got freelance producers working there so quite often when you're trying to chase up if you leave it too long you're going to find that, that the producer you dealt with on that job is is long gone um, and then they've got all kinds of kerfuffle going on when they're trying to get your invoice approved post date um, so that can be a real pain. And then the other thing I think you have to be aware of with the smaller agencies, um, they often they're doing some quite creative things when they're balancing their their, their cash flow. Um, and you really do need to be quite wary. I would say smaller agencies, you stay on them yeah. because um, it can slide and um, you can get put to the bottom of the heap and um, it can get really messy if they start to run into the sorts of problems that we all know um, they sometimes face. And, um, you know, the, the worst thing on earth is working with a client who ends up going into liquidation. Um, so, you know, just be on it. Chase, chase, chase. You do not want to be the person who gets 
done over. Actually, I found as well, American agencies can be quite lax when it comes to payment. We've had three or four jobs in the last three years where they've taken more than 10 months to pay us. Mm-hmm. And we've had to fill in numerous uh, different kinds of paperwork and uh, you know who, who are you what kind of company are you this is after the job's been completed and the and the, the PO has been sent out yeah so American agencies really keep on keep on them I mean I, I would also say that you know with the PCAM contract has has terms and conditions and one of it one of the terms and conditions is is the period of payment time and and you know when a producer signs it from an agency it is a contract it is a binding legal document the bottom line is if they haven't paid you theoretically they're in breach of that contract and theoretically their license is invalidated so actually you're within your rights although it won't improve your relationship with the, with the agency to say look you know unless you get paid unless i get paid i'm going to insist that this music is pulled you know and 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 that you know again as tony rightly says you say this to the to the accounts department you're not going to alienate your relationship with the creative or the production team you know you can play hardball a bit with 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 them and and you know the fact is that that you're right and going on from that then so when things do get desperate it's been you know six months you haven't been paid um you're well overdue um what do we do then? Now, we talked about the threatening a statutory demand, and Augusta, um, you mentioned that earlier. So do you want to explain kind of what that yeah, is? Yeah, it's very much a, well, I would say it's pretty much a last resort, yep. um, but it's got welly, and it works. <laughs> so, you know, um, you pretty much know that sense of when you're just being fobbed off and being fobbed off and being fobbed off, um, and it's it's a horrible feeling and you know it's just going to go on indefinitely and you're there you are scrapping away for your whatever it is invoice amount um but if you really feel desperate um there is something called a statutory demand a notice of statutory demand which is a really simple form that you can fill out um and you submit that to the um, finance department, and I think it gives them a certain amount of time. 18 days, I think. 18 days, and if they don't respond and pay in full within that time, then they... um, I've forgotten exactly what the process is, but it it basically threatens them with liquidation. With insolvency. With insolvency. You can find all you need to know about the statutory demands on www.gov.uk forward slash statutory demands. And it's a fairly straightforward form. So the wonderful thing about it is that it actually doesn't cost you any money. But what I would say is do not just send one of these off. Mm. This is the last resort. This is an absolute last resort. What you actually want to do is familiarise yourself with the form um, so that you know exactly how it works and what you have to do and then really it's an email to the head of finance not just the person you've been dealing with but the head of finance where you clearly state that you will be filing you will be serving um, one of these statutory demands within the next say 48 hours unless payment is made in full and in my experience that will get their attention so it's it's really the threat of it threatening this threat, rather yes, than the actual because it's very very serious yes, yes and yeah, any yeah. any head of finance as long as that actually really properly gets under their nose and they do see it and again i would suggest if you don't hear anything back within the 48 hours don't immediately file it you need to make a phone call send it again you know you need to make sure it's got to the right person because they will wake up and they will yeah. deal with you yeah. and take you seriously and that often point. that happens with when you are getting fobbed off by accounts departments because they're being a bit creative with their cash flow 
again, if you try and find out who the head of the accounts department is and get to them, mm. you will find that will also quite often make it because they can use that as a neat excuse for saying why you hadn't been paid. And then he will blame everybody else and mm. say, I'll get this sorted. Mm. So it is getting to the right person is important. It's, it, you know, it has to be said and it's not it's not an excuse. But apart from, you know, large agencies with large clients, very often, you know, people working on a lot of products for people like Procter & Gamble get paid their fees quarterly. And so they sit on invoices mm-hmm. until the P&G check comes in every three months. And if yours, if yours was, you know, very often people will say, you know, they'll start accounting from the first day of the month after you submitted it. Right. Um, so if you submitted it on the third, it's going to take till the, you know, the whatever it is of the following month before they start counting. And then, you know, if they haven't had their big, big quarterly check, they might start again. But uh, I mean, there are lots of reasons. And, and obviously agencies probably are, are, are um, you know, battling with their own you know, to get their own fees on time, paid on time. But nevertheless, you know, small suppliers in an ethical environment should be treated well. And, you know, I think we need to stand up for ourselves. I think so, yeah. There's one other issue I think you should be aware of as well is that if a, a piece of music is going to be going, going to multiple regions, often the agency won't pay the fee for, the, for that particular region until it's actually aired. So you could do... I did one recently for, uh, for Saatchi's where... The actual, uh, it wasn't that recently, it was about a year ago, but half of the countries involved didn't air for, for nine months. So I got no money until they actually aired. So it was literally half the fee. I got paid production initially, which is very small, as you know, and then the usages just trickled through one after the other. So be aware. Yeah. That's painful. And I think also speaking as a music production company, I certainly feel um, a strong sense of responsibility to the composers that work with us. Um, so that, you know, the moment we're paid, I will pass on payment to our composers. I think that's a matter of principle, but I believe it's also written into our... um, We have guidelines on um, best practice between um, music production companies and their composers, and I think it's very important that, um, you know, if we've been paid for a job, that we should pass that payment on as relevant to the the composer in question. Hmm. And another... um opportunity for sort of threatening is also the small claims court which we say was probably slightly more complicated than the the other avenue of the and less and less viable because there's yeah. a cap on what you can claim in a small claims court right. it's a lengthy procedure i think augusta's suggestion the statutory thing is is is, is going to be it's, it's definitely your, your, your it, it best deals option, with the entire yeah. sum of money but it's also needs to be said that you know even if we haven't been paid if we've used session musicians and you know under mu terms or we've used singers under whatever agreements we have with them we're going to have had to square those people up maybe long before we've received the money so so you know you're going to be carrying those direct production costs from people who have insisted upon payment from you yeah and sally yes i mean um, to say that. yes and i also wanted to add um obviously a lot of networking and uh, contacts are made through being friends with people having quite casual relationships that may lead to jobs which are pretty serious and don't be fooled into the kind of casual relationship mode yeah. mm, definitely yeah. do not do not rely on that communication make sure you have an invoice make sure you have a contract just don't just because someone's a great guy yeah. or girl doesn't necessarily don't, mean they're going to pay take you take any chances it might not it comes be their getting, fault yeah they might be naive yeah you might get that bin well back <laughs> 
That was um, that's a that's a good amount of chatting about getting paid, which is obviously one of the one of the most um, enjoyable bits of the job when the, the chat comes through. But unless anyone else has any final thoughts, uh, I think we'll um, move on from there. And um, we'll just say a big uh, final thank you to Wave once more. Big wave at wave, wave at Tom, who's recording the podcast in the the next door through the screen. And um, you can find out more about PCAM on the PCAM website, which is www.pcam.co.uk. And you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And join us again soon for another PCAM podcast. The PCAM podcast.